0: Welcome to the Internet History Podcast. I'm your host, Brian McCullough. Gary Kremen is another early internet entrepreneurial legend. Kremen was one of the first people to recognize the opportunity that the internet presented in terms of classified advertising. Seizing this opportunity, Kremen founded Match.com, which to this day is still the largest player in the online dating space. But Kremen is also famous for the legendary struggle to control the sex.com domain name, which Kremen himself registered, lost control of, regained control of after a lengthy legal battle, attempted to turn into the adult online version of Google, and eventually sold on to other investors. As a special bonus with this episode, if you visit our website, www.internethistorypodcast.com, And go to the post page for this episode, you can see the original business plan for what became Match.com, as well as the first three pages of the original Match.com questionnaire, and even the lawsuit filing relating to the sex.com brouhaha. My thanks to Gary himself, of course, for sharing this with us. All in all, this is one of the most colorful and fascinating interviews that we've been able to feature so far on this show. So... Please enjoy it. Gary Kremen, thanks for coming on the Internet History Podcast.
1: Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here.
0: Um, we usually start with, uh, with schooling, and um, I see you're an alumni of both Northwestern and Stanford. Uh, what, what were you studying?
1: Yeah, so at uh, Northwestern, I studied. I got degrees in both electrical engineering and computer science graduated in 1985 and during the period 1981 to 1985 was probably the first time I was introduced to email uh, and the nascent internet uh, by the time I was at started at Stanford in 1987 I was pretty facile with kind of internet technologies FTP uh, email which of course is different bases so by then uh, 1987 87, 88 89 I knew that's where my career was going to go
0: you knew it was going to be on the internet you, you thought that the internet was was the future and that's where you were going to have your career
1: I did I did it was that early and I always thought there was a commercial aspect of it so I started um you know at northwestern computer science kind of an early node and there were some earlier nets that were before the internet I mean the internet is a network of networks. So there were stuff like CXnet, UUCP, if you recall that there was some early stuff that rolled up and sometimes people would put gateways together. Are you familiar mm. with that? Yes, sure. Yeah. So that's where I started on some of those subnets that started adding internet connections. So when I graduated Northwestern, I went to a company called the aerospace corporation, uh, aerospace dot org but before it was aerospace dot org it was aerospace dot arpa so I remember before dot com dot net and the top level all the top level country code domains uh, got rolled out so I was on it earlier than that
0: well and so also did it,
1: claim the fame
0: that's a, that's an interesting uh, point also if you're if you're envisioning that your career and and you can build businesses on on the net. Um, at this point, the net is not commercial, or not supposed to be commercial. So um, that that really is prescient that you're you're seeing that there's commercial possibilities here.
1: Yeah, and when we say not, you know, what is the net? Is it a transport mechanism? What what does it mean? Is it the set of services that run on top of it? What I was fascinated by was the early uh, Usenet groups, which were communication groups like uh, that. I think a lot of things evolved out of. Um, that a lot of times were the message were sent around through something called UUCP, Unix to Unix Copy Protocol, and people used the TCP/IP as a communications protocol. And I started kind of making social postings and doing small business deals in 1986, 1987 timeframe.
0: So, when you, when you do graduate, um, so what, is, what are the first steps that you take towards um, an entrepreneurial career and, and uh, moving towards building a business on the web? Or, the, not the web, I'm sorry, the internet.
1: Yeah, it's broadly defined, because the web didn't really get there to anyone. So, I mean, I didn't see it the 92, 93, and start putting matches, interface afterwards working on email in mm-hmm. 95, because people didn't know what was going to win if it was going to be the web. If you might recall, and I'm skipping around a lot, there was other protocols like Lynx, Archie, Veronica, Gopher. Mm -hmm. No one really knew it was going to be the web.
0: You know, that's funny that you say that because um, several other people have said that to me from the time period, um, that there were so many different protocols and, and it wasn't clear at the beginning that the web would be the one that would win out. Do you remember the first time you encountered the web?
1: yeah you know so i was using Lynx, which was a graphic kind of curses which was the name of the library i think it used in unix based look at the web and then someone i'm trying to remember who showed me mosaic it was you know 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.7 i think it was at some room in palo alto and when i saw it i knew i, I knew and I had kind of match up time kind of up and running, and I built it to work on links. And I think that's where I wrote that first initial patent where I invented dynamic web pages after I saw that.
0: All right, all right, we 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 definitely have to cycle back now. So um, what... back
1: on, I was at Aerospace Corporation, which was a kind of a contractor to the federal government, I think ran in Sandia, and I was pretty bored. So I started playing around with Usenet, FTP. I would love to FTP to sites across the world, and I kind of got a, I just had an epiphany, you know, all entrepreneurs, it's always linked to something they understand are good ones. I, I had an epiphany, this is where the commercial world's going to go. And I started buying and selling some stuff on Usenet in that time frame, and by the time I got to Stanford Business School in 1987, I kind of had a sense, this is where I wanted to play, at least in the networking side of business.
0: And, and so one of your first ideas is to continue this sort of, uh, buying and selling and, and that would lead logically to, um, classifieds and, and, and buying and selling. Yeah, it, on the
1: was, it was an earlier company and I think you could probably find it if we Google it, it was called full source software. I started the world's first open source software company and that was when I graduated business school and no one would employ me, uh, came up with the idea of why don't I um, download, um, why don't I download, um, I'm trying to find if we can find it. Oh, full source software, it's on Crunchbase. Uh, pretty funny. Um, and the idea there was um, I, would, I downloaded, me and a business partner, a guy named Ben Dubin. We downloaded software from FTP servers you know, of course, at his work where he was working at Sun, you know, they probably had 156 KB line for the whole company. He was a roommate of mine. And why don't we put it on floppy disks for people who didn't have FTP or Internet access?
0: So so you're, you're making libraries of what's existing for offline use?
1: That's right. And most people didn't have online use. So if you were at even a company like IBM, very few people had Internet access. You know, you'd have to have a Unix machine and you have to be running tcp ip and get out that was a small percent of people until 98 99 2000 that actually had that if you think about it so in 92 or 93 i think 92 we came up with this idea why don't we take some source code and we'll compile it for a bunch of unix variants and sell it to people
0: and and was that successful
1: yeah we made a couple hundred thousand dollars doing that and that gave us our first, gave me some initial capital to start the next company, which was called um, Los Altos Technologies, where we picked um, one or two of the security programs, and we wrote the world's first security assurance program, the first antivirus software for Unix, the world's first tripwire. So we took some of that initial capital, and started the company, raised a little outside money. And we started selling the software where we did get source code to give UNIX security software. and that was where match.com came from and I could tell that story, but I could kind of backtrack a little bit the full source software.
0: right. well, uh, so full source leads into Los Altos um...
1: which an which, event right there caused me to think about um, match.com. At the same time, I still was doing some consulting work on the side, and I was working as a consultant at a company called Telebit, and Telebit made some of the first high-speed modems. It used to be 9,600 baud, the Bell 212A protocol when you were at 300 baud and 1,200 baud, and they started adding protocols like V32 and V32 bis and tear to go 56 KB. And they would had a, they had a product called the Net Laser that would allow you to do IP over modems, and that was when kind of uh, 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 um, um, UUNET came into um, the beginning, which is the idea of let's be a ISP. I think they were the first one, them and Netcom. I remember when they came up or a PSI. What?
0: Or PSI, possibly, yeah.
1: Yeah, PSI, I think, on the East Coast, but I, I think Marty Schoenstall, who was an investor in one of my later companies, you know, if it's an the East Coast, we don't count them in the <laughs> Valley. We're very, we're very mean. Like
0: right, that. right, right. Oh, go uh, on. Sorry, I interrupted.
1: It was pretty early, too. So, uh, we, you know, I, I was working at Telebit, I could kind of see these, these things were flying off the hook. Um, I started these two companies, I was kind of early in the internet, the we'll call it the networking, the online community, and when I was at this um, loss of technology, we used to advertise in magazines like Sunworld and we would get, there was no website, you wouldn't put your URL in there, but you would put an email address, and we started getting people inquiring about our product, and then... We started getting purchase orders, and people would send something using attachments, and it was based on something called MIME. I don't
0: know if you ever heard of MIME. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, yes. Yeah. The email so you're, protocol. You're, you're an internet guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm 37, so I'm I'm slightly younger than this era, but I do remember things like MIME. Yes.
1: Yeah. So people would hook up MIME in different ways, and they would kind of start sending attachments. Okay. And this is way before Netscape, you know, this is before your chapter six. This is way earlier on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh one day we, we started getting a purchase we, we'd get purchase orders, okay? And one day, one day, we got a purchase order from a woman. Admin. So people, what was happening is people were starting at very large companies that were running Lotus notes for internal email. I don't know if you remember Lotus.
0: Notes. Uh, absolutely.
1: And they would hook their stuff up and then you could send out to the outside world. And this was way before Netscape and all this kind of stuff. This is like chapter zero in your book. You need to go before Netscape. <laughs> your stuff. I'm totally serious. Uh, and, uh, I remember getting this purchase order, the attachment from a woman. And when you get a purchase order at a little company like ours, and we're still struggling, you know, we could eat. I had a lot of credit card debt. We could eat because we got a purchase order. And I turned to my business partner and I said, we have a purchase order from blah, blah, blah. And he goes, that's great. We can eat or whatever. And I go, yeah, but it's from this woman. And he's like, good, probably an admin over there. And I go, yeah, but Ben, do you think she's cute? Hmm. So it's always epiphany. So at the same time, I was solving another, trying to solve another, a couple other problems that were going on at the same time. One is I wanted to find the woman I wanted to marry. And how I was doing it is there used to be these things called 900 numbers. And I would, you know, you'd advertise in a newspaper. And you would, you would call people to listen to your ad or communicate with you would have to call a 900 number.
0: Or a party line, essentially. Yeah,
1: yeah, but you got bills, And I was getting big bills trying to meet someone and putting ads. And I noticed these people with newspapers, especially the alternative newspapers, there wasn't a lot of content in there, but it was all these personal ads. I would be giving them a lot of money. And I I noticed that people on newspapers had a shitload of money, and I had not as much.
0: At at the time, the newspapers were, were rolling in it, right?
1: Oh, my God. Because they, you have a local monopoly, so I had this kind of epiphany. I wonder if I could sell access to that woman who sent me the email. This purported, alleged, cute woman. So the
0: so so the idea is to is to take classifieds and do it on a networked basis, but but specifically, you're saying personal.
1: I started with dating, right? But I. I I quickly registered all the domain names because I realized it was more than dating. It was jobs. It was autos. It was housing. So I grabbed them all. Mm-hmm. Legal, what? auctions, sex. That mm-hmm. was an afterthought. But the idea was why can't I create an email based service to do all this stuff? So you go send send girl 74, you know, little language I did. And why not send classified, you know, job 31. So I came up with this idea Of anonymous remailing. I mean, I think there might have been a tiny bit before me. I shouldn't claim that one, but adding it into a database and sending information back on classified advertising.
0: So how how would people discover this?
1: So we would. They would somehow find out about it, and you know, I will get into the marketing strategy later on. But um, the idea is, if you were an attractive woman, and I realized. Let's convince them to go to Kinkos to get their picture scanned in, and uh, we would, um, you know, you would go. They would they would have a form they filled out, and there's a form online you can find our form, and they would fill out a questionnaire, and we would we would process it, we would we would uh, analyze it and put it in the database, and then if someone wanted to see a copy of it, we would send it under their profile, and then we would anonymously, you know, send to, you know, anon dot, that was how all the emails at Match were. It was like anon dot cute guy at match.com, and you would email back and forth, and we would strip out any footers you had, and we would rewrite the headers so it was all anonymous.
0: So you have, you have match.com early on, um, but it's not necessarily for a web play, it's just to have this. No, as, it was no
1: web. Right. It was not really a web. But then when I kind of saw Mosaic again, I said, you know what? I'm going to put a links interface on this. I'm going to put a, a Mosaic, a web-based interface. I, I had a whole, you know, I could send you the first, I think I sent you the first Match.com business plan or one of the early ones. Right, right, right. And if you look and there's a diagram in there that kind of shows all that. Um, let me see if I can pull it up right now. The Show it to you, but there's a great diagram in there someplace that kind of runs through uh, um, that stuff.
0: Well, um, and, and and I'll and I'll post um, a lot of that stuff uh, when this when this goes live uh, on the on the website for the, yeah, for the so show. Yeah, so I'm
1: looking at this diagram. This document dated uh, June ninth, nineteen ninety four, and it has this this technical diagram in there. It's kind of funny to look at it, and you'll see what I was talking about here. There was a layer on here that talked about, you know, Mosaic, email readers, other pipelines in the media, SMTP, HTTP. And the logo of the company, maybe not even in this early one, was the Mosaic logo flipped.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. So, okay. So I talked
1: about this multi-channel thing in here.
0: Right, so that's what I want to I want to get into. So again, at this point, it's it's not necessarily clear to you or anyone else that the web is going to be the dominant mode of, of of the internet, and so all you know is that you want to take classifieds and specifically personals, and you want to take them into a network setting, and so it could be email that wins, it could be uh,
1: Veronica or uh, um, uh, you know, uh, um, Archer, other yeah, right, right. yeah.
0: Um, so now, okay, so this is w- w- what's the time period? We're talking uh, middle
1: '94? Yeah, well, I saw this vision in '93, and I kind of dallied on it uh, uh, a little bit. Um, um, but but basically, the business plan, I, I left kind of I knew I was going to leave this other company, Los Altos Technologies in mid to late 93. I mean, I moved this, and I realized I needed to do this company in San Francisco for some reason, in South Park, which was the center. So I knew I got up to San Francisco January 1st, 1994, with kind of some of the thoughts on mash.com before that, um, and some of the plans. Um, but I kind of started maxing out the credit cards in early 94, maybe it was late 93 before the move.
0: Do you, do you have any recollection of what you would consider the launch date for, for this uh, business or this product, essentially?
1: It was in June or July or of 94.
0: And it's, it's mostly targeting email. email, right? It
1: was email-based, and I had the epiphany, let's just focus on women.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so right. That, that would be a logical next question. So, I, I mean, th- th- this is something that's very common nowadays in terms of you're, you're creating a networked product. So if people go to it, there has to already be somebody there.
1: Hey, it's the problem. How do, you, how do you throw a party? So I said, okay, I know, man, you only needed to make the party user. You only needed one woman for every hundred guys. So all I did is focus on marketing the women. So many of my first hires were women only.
0: And and so um, how how do you get women yeah, onto so the I, system? I figure
1: out who's the only influential women online, and there weren't many of them. Maybe there was only twenty or thirty. But I would buy, I would go see them and buy them in, and said put a profile or can tell other women you know because I knew that I would have a real fast network effect. And that's basically what happened.
0: And so okay, th- that's another thing that's very interesting if you think about it um you know we're we're certainly used to having this concept of having a profile an online profile that represents you online but that's a concept that i'm not sure had had been explored well, I think before right, and so, and so, um, what are you what are you thinking of? what what, what obviously a picture would be important? Uh, what else what are you thinking in terms of a profile and that sort of
1: thing? Well, I came up with this idea for two way matching that. If I liked you, you would to like me, and then the idea of metric scores on uh, like kind of recommendation engine think of it as. Um, um, so I, I actually wrote a questionnaire, and I wonder if I can find it while we're talking. 130 questions to, um, ask people on it. I'm wondering if I have it. Uh, uh, let me see if I have it. Oh, I'll send this questionnaire to you. I think I have it. Oh my God, this is great. Hold on a second. I'm not even sure Word, uh, uh, Word can read this thing anymore. In fact, I think it just crashed trying to read it. Well,
0: you, you can, you can always send it afterwards.
1: Yeah, uh, but it was funny. It was a questionnaire um, looking at this issue of um, uh, how many questions did you want to ask? And I started with like 150 questions. And one of the things I found out is no woman wanted to fill out 150 questions. No guy did either. So I narrowed it down to key information, kind of like what you'd see on Facebook. Facebook, what's the minimum viable set to get going?
0: Mm-hmm. And... Um what so what success do you have like do, I am I'm not asking you for hard numbers like what did how many profiles did you launch with or anything like that but like do you remember
1: Oh I just found it this thing is great. Here's from August of 94. Here was our initial questionnaire.
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: thing is great. Uh and, yeah. Oh it's really good. The- oh you're going to love this. Excellent. <laughs> Ah, uh, this is a historical document, I guess, of uh, the questionnaire. Or I'll call it a draft of the questionnaire.
0: Well, and it looks like the show notes for this episode are going to be enormous. <laughs> but I I will definitely screen cap and post everything that I can.
1: Uh, I can send it to you.
0: So uh, while I'm I'm scanning that, um, at what point do you realize that that the web is going to be the thing that takes over, and so you have to shift your your resources? Time
1: in mid in, in late ninety four, I I saw it. you know, I was pretty far um, up, um, going on the email product. So on the side, I kind of had a skunk works. Um, to kind of add a... You'll see it in the Match.com business plan I sent you, and that was dated 94, and I right. clearly was thinking we need to do that in 94.
0: Right. So you're, you're covering all your bases, and then by the end of 94, you would say, it's clear... We uh, look at
1: business plans dated June 9, 1994 on page. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you search for the word web, mm-hmm. um, we plan to have a hypertext transport card called links. Who all known in public pages, I talked about Yahoo right there. Right. So if you were early, the business plan's totally worth looking at. Love and sex on the information superhighway—it's pretty funny.
0: Um, let me let me ask you about Yahoo and things like that. So now, what are what what is the early uh, drivers of of? your marketing and your traffic aside from just seeding the network effect? Is it things like, cause I, I've spoken to, um, you know, uh, a bunch of other, like even Amazon has said that like getting on that Yahoo page early on was key for like just a, a fire hose of traffic and things like that.
1: That was good. Um, but I wouldn't give, since we were up and running an email before, and email was bigger at the time, that was the key. So by the time the web started to take over, let's say, a transition, we were well-established and we were ready to rock.
0: So the, the, the email product was unique. almost... We were
1: unique. We had an installed base already.
0: And and so what I'm saying is, is that the email product is almost what we would have, what we would call today viral, like just, just being yeah, out there. it was
1: totally viral. When you heard... There was women? Oh, yeah. If you were a guy, of course.
0: Um, and, and I haven't uh, mentioned uh, funding or anything like that. Like, you said that you had the money from the previous company to, to launch this. But so at some point, um, are you approached by VCs? I know that um, you're, you're talking to Kleiner Perkins at some point, right?
1: Oh, yeah. So I kind of told you that funny Kleiner story of how I missed out making a couple hundred million dollars, right?
0: Mm-hmm, right. Well well you tell know. well tell 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 the listeners.
1: So I raised the t- I used my credit cards and I had a little bit of savings which I blew through, but I realized this was gonna be big, I knew. I knew about venture capital and stuff like that and but you know they didn't invest in this kind of thing. So I started going out and talking to people and I, I started talking to firms and I started talking to Kleiner Perkins. And I'll never forget Vinod Coastla and John door. They said, this is the best thing we've ever heard. Um, and it's going to be a big thing, but Gary, you've never been a CEO before, um, of any company of any size. Um, you know, I, I think, and they said, well, we want you to consider having a CEO to run this and you'll be a co-founder. And, uh, we want you to merge with this other team of guys and you know you would be half of it they would be the other half they'll divide it among those six and uh
0: that was architects
1: yes who changed their name to excite right <laughs> you know, and i would have been vested, and it would have been the best you know i'd be nearly a billionaire and not nah,
0: so wh- wh- why didn't you take the deal
1: because they taught you out of business school to be the ceo mm. And that was just not a good
0: idea. And you, and you had confidence that you could be a CEO.
1: What did I know? That's what they teach you. I didn't realize being the CEO was not a good job. And uh, I didn't realize they were right, and I didn't know as much. So I should have taken that offer, but then I took an offer with someone who let me be the CEO, and that turned into be the disaster. Not that I was such a bad CEO, but I didn't understand how to manage up at the time.
0: Well, right. Um... The so who did you end up take, taking the money from?
1: From some Canaan Venture Partners, SoftBank, Weisbach and Greer, and they turned out to have to totally got the market wrong and been very embarrassed by dating, and especially the way it evolved. And they they tried to get rid of it like a hot. When I said we need to do gay and lesbian dating and short-term dating, they, like, basically almost fired me on the spot.
0: Right, let's get into that, because, so... Um, so... so
1: also, they missed its media. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I, maybe I can understand in retrospect, you know, people didn't know what... There were no media. <laughs> Venture guys don't fund media companies, at least they did not back then.
0: Well, and especially not this kind of new media that people are still trying to figure out at the time.
1: Oh, God, no. No, they, they understood technology.
0: So, w- w- when you do take the money, uh, as I understand the controversy, um, you you say to them, I want to, uh, this is a whole new concept and I want to take it in a new direction. I want to do, this is match- I what
1: direction. I started doing it and okay. they found out and they're like, you're stopping it. I'm like, no, I'm not. This is the market. It's well, near them.
0: So your vision is is that it's sort of like this this uh, cornucopia of niches. You can do gay and lesbian. You could do what we see now, Christian dating. You could do whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, and more, and at the same time, I want to do the classified. So we actually started working on the software. You know, we didn't, you know what Craigslist did, com, Autos, Housing, Property. I'll never forget the day when we decided we're going to have to have disparate source bases for the whole thing. Um, and uh, they just... I think if it was just Christian dating, but when it was gay and lesbian, you know, they had these limited partners, they said, who, who, would, who considered the whole thing unsightly and wrong. I forget which, which of those guys said that, mm-hmm. you know, against God. And I'm like, this is where the money are, guys. And I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm the entrepreneur.
0: Well, and also uh, a part of the vision was for, like you said, short-term dating, which is sort of, you know, like you said, the the Craigslist personals or the Ashley Madison personals, that sort of thing. Well, I don't know
1: about Ashley Madison, but not everyone's dating to get married.
0: Right. Um, so actually, you know, it, it, you weren't with Match.com essentially for very long because it, it, by 1997, over your objections I read, um, yeah. Match was well, sold Was sold. Four
1: years And a lot of fast things were happening then So yeah, over my objections they sold it And I knew what they wanted to do Was not going to work out
0: Well, and they, they sold it for something like $8 million, and a year and a half later It gets flipped to Ticketmaster Yeah,
1: like nine months later For nearly $50 million, or I think $50 million
0: mm-hmm. And but it's funny,
1: I kind of had the last laugh On the whole thing How so? Because And then it went on and did what I told them would never work, which is produce software to get newspapers online, uh, because I knew how slow they were. Because I went to go see all the newspapers and talk to them all, and I could see what a bunch of slow people they were.
0: Okay, that that's an excellent segue for me, because I wanted to ask you about this idea that um, people <laughs> in the media have that what, what killed the newspaper industry was the loss of the classifieds monopoly. And so you're literally at the ground floor of this. Um, um, what are you? I was
1: the ground floor. I went I... to go talk to them all, and Mercury and... News, this Tribune New York Times. And I'm not sure too many got it. They sure didn't get. They thought they had. They thought they were needed. I think that was the problem. They totally could have pivoted online. And I mean, Tribune bought some of AOL and made a good amount of money there. But they were just so into their arrogance.
0: Well, could I mean? Wouldn't the key have been they would have to aggregate all together? Because what would be the whole point of doing it online is that you don't have these silos, you don't have these local things. It's it's you can go to one place and get everything that you need, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you might be able to do what kind of Dan Pulcrano at the Metro tried to do semi-successfully, own SanFrancisco.com dot com and do all the San Francisco stuff. You could do that, but my vision was a aggregated database like match that you would do selection on
0: and um just uh, in terms of the the reputation that um online classifieds had early on and even till recently um that that online classifieds were considered tacky i mean maybe that's a that's a holdover from from the offline classifieds but um, I don't think in this day and age, uh, you know, of Tinder and things like this, <laughs> that, that anyone would consider that tacky. But it seems like um, Online Classified's had to deal with that for a long, long time.
1: It depends. I mean, no one thought the New York Times Online Classified soft. It's all about how you do it. And we've, I showed with Match you can make a super quality product. I mean, you understand the parent company of Match was electric classifieds doing classifieds Mm -hmm. vivid and vibrant right if you look at the business plan ECI electric classifieds um
0: and and uh did you have any other verticals that that uh, launched successfully
1: um we were going to and it was kind of I don't think I think they made the, the board made the decision that let's go work with the newspapers and launch things and I knew that was a bad idea
0: yeah, you didn't want to be a partner with them because it was just they were too
1: slow. Mm-hmm. I saw it by talking to them, their unions and you know, etc. 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 That the result was going to be bad.
0: Um, before we get into uh, the the domain names and things like that, um, you're you're credited with with patents and and a lot of early stuff. So can can we get into that? Like, um, the the patent, for example, let's start with like the dynamic web pages.
1: Yeah, so that was kind of one of my ideas was to um, do, I think, you know, if you read that patent broadly, we were the first ever to do affiliate programs. Um, We were the first who came up with the idea, depending on your browser, instead of it's a mobile browser, I mean, mobile didn't exist at the time, but produce a different page. Depending on who you were, produce a different page. And people kind of had some of that stuff because cookies existed, but they didn't come up with the idea of pulling it all out of the database so and taking into account the environment. So, you know, how a mobile page looks different, that was our idea. How a fast page should render different than a slow page, that was my idea. If you were a certain person, it should render different. That was my idea. If you came originally from AOL in your header, make the page look different. Put a different banner up there.
0: And did you have any patents for the the classifieds end of it?
1: We filed some stuff but another thing is the company didn't view the patents as a big deal and that is where I made a bunch of money because after the company inevitably failed, it didn't, which it did, um, I went and bought the debt and foreclosed on the patents and sold the patents. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way?
0: All right, and we're gonna we're gonna cycle back again because when when you started Match and and all these other ideas, um, as you said, you had you had gone out and and registered a whole bunch of domains. You know, it's sort of it's sort of that thing that everybody's uncle has said. Oh, if I had gone out and registered jobs dot com or housing dot com, but but you actually did that. I
1: did. Someone
0: someone had to be the idiot, and I did it. <laughs> well, uh, you know. I, to be honest with you like what was the process if you're doing this in 1994 it is networks uh, who's who's the registrar at this point and and what is I that network cost? Solutions. Okay. And they were
1: giving them away free?
0: They were giving them away free it wasn't hundreds of dollars?
1: No, it wasn't anything was free. Huh. I was there. Early.
0: And and so what size portfolio did you put together?
1: It was only like 20 but it was the best.
0: Right. Um, and one of those was uh, sex.com, which you said was sort of an afterthought. Yeah,
1: so it was a funny thing because I registered all. It was just kind of a ha-ha, me a guy named Ke- Kevin Kunzelman. And uh, we, we laughed about it. And uh, when I incorporated the company or raised the venture, the venture guy said, you've got to give us all the domain names. And I'm like, sure. And then when they saw sex.com, oh, you just keep that. That was a big mistake.
0: They didn't want it,
1: No, so, because it, it was part of their embarrassment with the whole thing,
0: but but you like things like jobs.com and housing dot com went on in the portfolio. yeah, yeah,
1: they took those because we were going to develop the businesses, the online classified, the electric classified, uh-huh. vivid vibrant classifieds. So what happened is I left Natch and I did another startup called Net Angels, and what there we invented basically the idea of you download software. And it would look at all your URLs and then it would suggest URLs on a page to you using collaborative filtering. So pretty good idea. Um, some bad execution. Um, but we actually merged it with a company called Firefly and sold it to Microsoft. And they probably have all those patents for collaborative filtering.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, after Firefly uh, Net angels, I, uh, I kind of got an office to hang out and I made some early investments, even on my credit card that turned out pretty good, but I was in this office. And one day I said, Oh, so a long way, someone told me, Oh, that sex.com isn't in, under your name anymore. And I'm like, whatever. And I kind of forgot about it. Cause I'll be honest. I didn't realize what a big deal this would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I got in this office, there was a lawyer who like passed the bar the week before, and I said, hey, can you go find out whatever happened to that sex.com domain name? And that's where the story kind of starts.
0: And so uh, you 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 know that it stayed with you because they didn't want it when they took over the company. Yeah,
1: and I would check the registration on who is, and then I noticed it was gone. Or maybe someone told me it was gone. But look, I had so many things going on. You know, we were kind of in the golden age of... The first bubble that right. was going on, I, you know, other companies I was thinking of, stuff like that.
0: So, uh, what what would be the time period when all of a sudden you're reconsidering? Maybe I need to check into sex.com, and and there might be something going on here.
1: You know, I forget exactly what it is, but I think we could I could probably pull that up for you. It was ninety seven or ninety eight.
0: And so what what turns out is that someone had fraudulently transferred the domain to his name and was running sex dot com at this point.
1: That's right. So it was kind of a pretty interesting story. Um uh, this five time convicted felon, Stephen Michael Cohn, who was obsessed with sex, an early bulletin board user of all things, uh he got a hold of it, and that's part of the story itself. Um And I didn't even even when I was found this information, I didn't do anything about it for six months. But eventually I told this newly minted lawyer, this woman named Sherry Falco, well, why don't we go do something about it? And she she I think she contacted some I said, go call some people in this adult industry and find out what you find out. And I think eventually I was told, "Okay, I know what happened she got a call and she called around and then she got a call from the patent and trademark office basically saying that well this mr cone has a trademark for sex.com and uh you know trademarks trump it and i knew that you know the famous mcdonald cases and that's one of the reasons i registered only generic things i generic domain names i kind of knew that if i started registering you know Mm -hmm. mcdonald's.com i'd get a spanking i kind of knew about trademark law and because in that phone call we let it go for a little while, and then it, I woke up one day and said, "You know, the government never proactively calls anyone. There's something going on here." Hmm. And then I think we readdressed it and found out he was a felon convicted of bankruptcy fraud, obstruction of justice, making false statements,
0: and eventually
1: we filed litigation against him.
0: Well, because what happens is is that he 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 essentially defrauds. Um, network solutions in in order to take control of the domain.
1: No, we didn't. Mm. So that's that's not what happened. The forgery came later. Okay. It's a cover up by network solutions lawyers.
0: Hmm. So it had just lapsed or something?
1: No. He called out the CSR and because they didn't have any security procedures, they never sent me an email. They never did anything. And they turned it over to him. So if you read what Judge Kaczynski said in the Ninth Circuit, it's like turning over the world's most valuable domain name to a guy in in a letter that said he didn't have an Internet connection. It was the – so we found this out later on when one of my lawyers found the letter was later – what came after the transfer. So I complained. Um, I think I – maybe what even happened – I can't remember – all the details, I have to go look in my notes. But they basically decided to do a cover-up. So they were the guilty company, no doubt. So, the, so instead of it back to me after I complained, they said, we're standing with the felon. They're,
0: they're covering their, their own ass.
1: And that, 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 that cost them a lot of money, mm. that cover-up.
0: Well, okay, so because what, what, has, what has Stephen Cohen done with sex.com at this point?
1: So then he turned it into a banner farm because those were acceptable back then. And he was making a million dollars a month that he was using to fight my litigation. And I didn't have that much money.
0: Hmm. So let's uh, let's talk about the case. Because uh, it, it, it does turn out to be a, a landmark case, uh, the first of its kind, basically, because I don't think, has there been a ruling in this area of the law before? No. So in fact, what happened
1: is when I went to court, the judge threw out a lot of the case. They threw out the whole case against Network Solutions, which became their assigned and said, well, you know, this isn't property, so it doesn't matter if they turned it over, because they weren't turning over anything real.
0: I'm, I'm sorry. So they're saying that the, 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 the domain itself was not property. Yeah, so
1: I've I lost. My case, credit v. Cohn, is a seminal Ninth Circuit case that before anything in electronic registry was not property.
0: Hmm and so how does how does that turn around for you?
1: Well, it was horrible. It was devastating against, I'll call him the bad company. And they got out of the case. So I had some other charges against the bad guy, but that weren't thrown out. but I appealed to the Ninth Circuit, and I hired him, a way better lawyer, a guy named Jim Wagstaff, and he said, "This is wrong. All things that value our property." And the judge just didn't want to fight what he what the judge called fighting between two pornographers over a dime bag of pornography because I wasn't able to get my case. I was some innocent guy. Because the other guy, the bad guy, pretended he was a lawyer. He said Manuel Nor- Noriega uh, made him a lawyer.
0: So in the end, you, you are successful in, in the Kramer, 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 Kramer. Sorry, Kramer versus Cohen um, and Network Solutions. Um, and yeah. so-
1: so I won against the bad guy at the lower court. I got a sixty-five million dollar judgment against him. By then he fled to Mexico, which is his own story, and we could get back circle back to that. Mm-hmm. And I appealed, he appealed, I appealed to the Ninth Circuit. And in a really good ruling, I can send you the ruling. Uh, it was the first case that addressed there's anything on the internet property.
0: Well, it goes all the way to the Supreme Court, right?
1: It did. It went to both the Supreme Court. And it also went to the California Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And the California Supreme Court did not want to he- hear it. Um, and eventually they reversed it, and that went against, we'll call it, you know, this dude. And, and we settled out the case. It's a great decision to read, if you're curious.
0: And, and you end up with um, a, a decent uh, $60 million or so verdict, um, essentially against Network Solutions, right?
1: Well, I, well, actually, it's funny. They were on the hook for three times that, theoretically. Now, they had a lot of defenses. So, you know, now it goes back for the trial court to hear, okay, just because you're, quote, liable, you might have defenses. Did Mr. Kremen wait too long? You know, they're called latches. So we decided to do a confidential settlement and settle that
0: out. All right. And then she didn't stop. Right. But then at this point, um, it occurs to you, well, if this guy's been making a million dollars a month with sex.com, then there's a real business here. And now that I own it, I would like to try my hand at making this a business, right?
1: Even before that, you know, I went after him. I took his mansion down in Rancho Santa Fe, which I lived in for five years, and I spent a lot of time collecting. But then I go. Eventually, I get this name turned back over to me, and I'm. It's like, what am I going to do to pay off my four or five million dollar legal bills? So, uh, I uh, the next thing I do is I say, okay, well, I don't want to be in the pornography business. Is there a business I could be in with this domain name? So I say. You know what's missing? I had all this traffic. I'm going to go do Google of adult.
0: Right, and, and so I, this, is, this is what, what year about?
1: This is like 2002.
0: Right, so that makes sense. Google is obviously a huge success at this point.
1: And Google wasn't the winner back then. Exactly. There was a lot of other search engines, like 7Search and, and Ask Jeeves and Maba and other things.
0: Dogpiles, all, all sorts yeah, of
1: stuff. Yeah, And I noticed they didn't have adult results and they didn't have many. So I came up with the business idea. It was a good idea. Why don't I use all this traffic to go call on adult advertisers and I'll be a pay-per-click search engine. Not only will I be there, I will give my paid results to other search engines in an XML feed in real time. So I came up with this business. You would go to Dogpile and type an adult term, and they would query us and I would give all the listings and if someone clicked, I would do a revenue share. And that turned out to be a great business. So after I sold the sex.com domain name, I still had that business because I had all these advertisers. And not only that, Dogpile wouldn't just query an adult term. They would give me all their queries. And with those, I would start selling advertising for those terms and I, then I would go to other search engines and say, Dogpile, someone typed water district or water rates. I would I would go to seven search and go get paid results and feed them back to um them.
0: And and um that was a good business. Right, uh, which you you do sell um in in 2006. So um I, I cuz one article I read I'm I'm being I'm I'm trying to be delicate about this, but it seems to me that maybe you're, you're um your brush with the adult industry was uh not healthy let's say
1: oh yeah well that's a true um that's a true comment uh you know it's one of these things that sometimes you get close to the devil you can get uh, drawn in the thing you know
0: mm-hmm. did did you learn anything having come from the dot com uh environment you know like you you've seen oh, yeah I, I, well,
1: so, the adult industry is full of idiots, for the most part.
0: Right, and, and so, you've seen that I've, I've tried to do a, a chapter on the history of, of the adult industry online. Like, Do you have any insight on that? Like, what what What's happened with the adult industry, with its uh, attempts to move online and things?
1: That's been pretty tough. Well, online has been okay. Let me see here. Which chapter was the adult? Uh,
0: chapter six.
1: Right, by the way... In, in some of your chapters, I was involved in AltaVista.com.
0: Right, because um, they, they, uh, they they sold, um, or or they, they did a deal to do um, search ads for adults. I did that
1: deal. I Excellent. did that deal. Uh, a guy named Jack Marshall. So I recognize a lot of these early people in your thing. So let's see mm-hmm. what your adult section is. I don't know why I didn't see that. Uh, uh,
0: well, it was only one episode because I haven't gotten any interviews for it yet, so...
1: I could get you a lot of them. of oh, the history of internet porn.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, my question actually really is um, like, what what was what was the en- coming from um, tech and yeah. and, and, and,
1: and I came from tech? That's the
0: difference. And and so and and te- and, and entering this world, like, w- was it sort of like um, you know they don't know what they're doing, and maybe you don't know what you're doing, in adult.
1: Yeah, I thought I could bring things to them.
0: And maybe were they interested in learning from you?
1: Um, a little bit. You know, I definitely taught some stuff about business and stuff like that. That it isn't all partying. Of course, I got you know I learned some of my own stuff about partying from these people. But uh, yeah, the answer is yes.
0: And um, sorry, go ahead.
1: And and one of the things I think I hope teach people, some of the people, um, um, is um, you need to have an exit route for your business. You make much more money if you have something you can sell as opposed to you just take the cash. And hardly any people in adult thought about, is there a business we could create that someone would buy at a multiple of cash flow?
0: Well, there's maybe there's, like, no long-term thinking in terms of... That's
1: what I'm saying. I tried to teach some strategy to these bunch of people. Be-
0: because in that in that Chapter 6 episode, one of the things that I said was, it's interesting to me, there's never been a Playboy of the online era. There's never been a Google of adult. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's porn. There's people who, you know, Andrew Kongaroo of Adult Friend Finder who made a couple hundred sure. million dollars. Right, right. And there's, you know where the successful guys did, and it was a place I wasn't willing to go. A lot of them went offshore and were early spammers,
0: and downloaders,
1: and virus people, and extortionists. I'm sure a lot of people I know right now are the guys who encrypt your computer and say, "Send me five bitcoins."
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, which was my my. I, I'm just curious about it. That you know, at least Playboy was a company that went public and was you know traded on the stock exchange and things like that. And we're 20 years into the into the online era, and and no one's been able to sort of lead leave the the seedy side of adult, at least online. Right. Um, yeah. It's true. Yeah. So uh, you you do sell. Uh, uh sex.com in in January of 06, right? Yeah. And since then, I mean, um, you know, having having gone through all this, g- having gone through the 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 birth of online and 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 tangling with the adult world, um y- you subsequently have have uh been investing a lot in things like uh green tech and and things like that, correct? Well, I
1: started a company. I'm always on the entrepreneur side. I I can't work for anyone else. So, I noticed that, um, like I've been interested in sustainability for a long time, that people, contractors, people who put solar on the house, never used uh, the internet. Or, and I came up with the idea to um, use an internet-based uh, platform uh, to help solar contractors and do point-of-sale financing. And I started a company to do that. And now the company's backed by Kleiner Perkins and Google and Southern California Edison and Florida Power and Light and Duke and a bunch of other firms. Is that uh,
0: uh, Clean Power Finance? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so is there something that you see like, um, that, like that's, a, that's a, a, a new revolution, maybe not waiting to happen, but in the process of happening?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I want to do some give back. You know? The society.
0: Also, I, I read that uh, you recently won a uh, a seat on the, the Santa Clara Water Board. Is, is that a part of the giving back as well?
1: Yeah. So another thing I did is I incubated, um, was chairman of a firm that did water conservation. You know, how do we sustain our resources? So uh, that company is um backed by a couple venture firms and i've been thinking about water conservation and one of the things i noticed when you're in sustainability politics are pretty important at the end of the day there's a lot of political nature to the beast so i decided to run for office and i won which is horrid
0: do <laughs> you feel like it's a fluke
1: mm-hmm. no, i don't know <laughs> i wish i didn't sometimes
0: well have you uh, have you been attending the meetings and things like that i assume
1: I'm the chairman. This is uh, a thousand person organization, mm-hmm. $500 million budget. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh my God. Well, someone will probably find this quote, but I'll say it anyhow, because I'm like that. In a way, it's kind of like the adult industry. They don't have common business practices there. They're increasing the water rates a huge amount at the same time to giving the CEO a huge rate.
0: So is it, is it government that is like the adult industry? Is that what you're saying?
1: Uh, yes, exactly. The government is like the adult industry from a business practice's point of view.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and also subsequently, um, uh, we could say that you've, you've settled down and you've raised a family and, um, so when you, when you're looking back on, on, uh, more than 20 years of, of your entrepreneurial career, um, and and it, man, it's been a, a a twisty roller coaster ride. Um, when you started looking at networks and networking and things like that, like um,
1: and, and by the way, the ride's not over. I will do something else.
0: No, so I, I no, that's what I'm saying. But
1: uh, and take, I did another one along the way that didn't work, but I raised some venture money. Which when was use social. It's called sociogramics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Use social media data to bring credit to the underbanked people who don't have credit files to kind of prove identity.
0: Uh well there's a lot of people that I speak to that are jumping on board the um you know uh, uh bitcoin and things like that as well it sounds like that maybe oh, And then
1: I'm running a cryptocurrency incubator called crosscoinventures.com
0: Exactly. So uh, my my question was is uh, uh, again I, I I I will uh posit that it's not over the ride is not over but right now looking back on roughly 20 years um did, did would you have seen yourself where you are right now and, and part two, would you have seen internet technology and technology in general where it is right now? Could you have imagined it?
1: Yeah, I don't think all of it. I think that's a legitimate question. Um, I mean, I saw the promise, um, and I, the, the past, the current, I see the future promise and risks of internet of things. I mean, it's kind of funny. I, I kind of knew the internet wasn't gonna. It was a technology. It wasn't gonna be a. You can't say it's a force for good or a force for e- for for evil. It's in the middle. And I think it's going to continue to be that. We'll see a lot of positive things, and we'll see a lot of negative things.
0: One more question, uh, because it occurs to me that we're we're at a point where, um, with with um, especially mobile, but we've seen it in in social as well. Uh, that classifieds are coming back as as a thing to do as a money maker um it, being the person that brought classifieds into the digital realm, what do you think of classifieds and 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 that sort of network selling uh the state that it's in today um,
1: well, if you're in a newspaper, you're not too happy; all your revenue's been sucked out <laughs> but uh you know, online it was kind of the vision I thought. It would be vibrant, it would be images, it would be sound, it would be video. Um, it would be kind of taking the unboring boring stuff and making it electric, hence electric classifieds.
0: Well, uh, Gary Kremen, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and uh, walking us through um, two really, and and more than two, <laughs> multiple fascinating stories um, of, of 20 years of um, an online entrepreneur.
1: Uh, thank you very much. I'm honored to be part of you know all my friends now talk about the podcast, so I'm excited to keep me informed of what's going on with it.
0: will do. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. There's plenty more great internet history where that came from. And if you're a long-time listener, then you know what to do to help us out. Rate and review us on iTunes. Because iTunes gives credit to reviews and ratings, and the more great reviews we get, the more people will discover us. As always, there's more info on our website, www.internethistorypodcast.com. The show's Twitter handle is Pod, And my personal Twitter is at McC.